Welcome back here on the Fast Lane on this Thursday afternoon. Reminder, tonight, Tech Talk Live, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg, following Tech Talk Live. Thursday night football as we have the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. But we're not talking football right now. We talked about a little bit about it in the college football playoff and some implications and why I think it's dumb that Alabama would even have a shot at the college football playoff over the University of Texas. Talked about that in the first segment a little bit. But let's talk NASCAR. Big news, obviously, with the banquet happening this week. Uh, Brian Nolan and uh, Mr. Michael Massey are down there giving some coverage for FrontStretch.com. But let's bring in the head honcho for FrontStretch.com, Mr. Tom Bowles. And Tom, uh, why did you decide to deselect Massey and Brian as the two people to to go to, of all places, Nashville, Tennessee? Because are you sure they're going to make it to the banquet tonight? Well, you said they were providing coverage. I, I think you should rephrase that. You're, they're providing quote-unquote coverage at the banquet. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm just hoping that they survive, really. Uh, you know, they, it, it, uh, people sometimes make mistakes. You know, managers can make mistakes, and I'm just – I'm hoping that that we get them both back by the time the banquet's over. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and, and you know, the biggest news probably out of this is Ryan Blaney has shaved his playoff beard. Uh, any any thoughts thoughts about that? You know, clean shaven Ryan Blaney now back, you know, as as the champion. <laughs> well, he's the champion now, Trey. You know, he's got to represent the sport, and you know, uh, no need to have a playoff beard when you already conquered everything and you won. So. Good for him. And, you know, getting all cleaned up to do all the special TV appearances and all the special creative things that I fully expect that he'll do as the champion. And, you know, I know we're joking around, but I think that Blaney is going to be a very, very worthy champion. And, you know, he's looking the part and playing the part and, you know, had a very good start, you know, down in Nashville talking about how he present the sport and we're going to we're going to see how it is over the next year i think it was you know the best case scenario as we talked about on this program a couple weeks ago of all the four uh people in the in the championship four from a pr perspective you know having blaney i think is an opportunity to bring some new fans into the sport and we'll see how it goes um looking at this do you you think nashville is the right place to host host the banquet and host kind of this championship celebration i know they've done what like New York and, and Vegas, but then ultimately they've done Nashville these past couple of years. I actually do, Trey. I was at the banquet for several years when it was in New York, and certainly as a guy that's a Northeast guy, born and raised, I love the banquet over in those parts of the, of the country. But I can also tell you as a guy that <laughs> dealt with a lot of people that were really angry in Manhattan when the banquet was in town and the way that Times Square would get clogged up, it, it's not necessarily the number one fan base in the country for NASCAR. I think everybody knows that. And Vegas is just a little too trendy, I think. I, I think Vegas is the place that – everybody goes to Nashville, I think, is closer to NASCAR's roots. It's it's southeast. You have Trackhouse that's hoping to eventually maintain their base shop there. I think it's become the East Coast version of Las Vegas to a certain extent. So I don't have any problem with the banquet in Nashville, and I think the city has welcomed the sport a little bit better than the other places that they've been because there are a lot of fans in the city that want them there. It's just as simple as that. All right, let's dive into um, the biggest, you know, storyline 
from this is is the NASCAR TV deal is finally done. The rumors have been circulating for a while. I know you have a really good TV background, so you can give some really good insight into this. Um, so TV deals done, seven-year deal starting in 2025, 14 races on Fox and 14 races on NBC, but sandwiched in between that is uh, six races, or five races, excuse me, both on uh, Amazon and then a mixture of Max and Turner. So Turner returns to the sport. Obviously, Amazon um, obviously in bed with the NFL and Thursday Night Football. Uh, overall, this is a you know a one point one billion dollar deal each year, seven point seven in total, forty um, percent increase. And yes, folks, I can do math sometimes. Uh, but your uh, what was your initial reaction when you kind of learned of all the details of this deal? Were you doing math on the show to impress me? Because this is the most math I've ever seen you do correctly. I, I am genuinely impressed. I mean, I did a lot of math for the you know NASCAR Jeopardy, which you can check out on the Front Stretch YouTube page. So, just saying. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, I, I think NASCAR really struck gold with this deal. I think it was a very positive thing for the sport. A lot of stuff that we could talk about breaking this down. First of all, I think the seven-year mark is crucial because this was a contract you didn't want to go too long with streaming and how much streaming is changing the game. We've seen more people cut cable this year than any year previously. It's accelerating at a rate that people didn't think would be happening uh, in 2023, and seven years is enough to get a, a lay of the land as to whether the linear networks are really going to be the way for sports to go forward in the 2030s. You may be wanting to throw everything on streaming by the time the 2031 season is over and throwing it all on Amazon or some of the, or Netflix or some of these other streaming platforms. So I thought seven years was a good sweet spot. One of the things that I haven't heard anybody talk about, which I think is really interesting, you look at Fox with the first portion of the schedule, right? And then certainly, you know, ask me whatever you want. We could go in depth in a lot of different places. But Fox, with the first 14 races, I counted the current schedule. The way they broke it down, they didn't mention it in the release, but they included things like the All-Star Race and the Clash and the Coliseum in the races that they cover. Based on that, Fox would get out before Memorial Day weekend, and that means the Coca-Cola 600 would move to streaming. Now, nobody's corrected me officially on that yet. So if that is true and, and we see Coke 600 go to streaming, that is really interesting. And in some ways, at least at the beginning of the deal, I feel like that's seeding the Indy 500 back. It's waving the white flag a little bit and going, you know what? This is not the crown jewel at the moment that it used to be. On that weekend, Indy 500 is still king. And we're just going to try out streaming, utilize the Coke 600 as a crown jewel within that, and hope that that boosts the audience and you know gives us a baseline to build from on on streaming. I thought it was really interesting that Fox would see the Coke 600 because they've never done that over the 20-something years of the contract. Again, we don't know for sure that that's true, but the first 14 races right now, the Coke 600 is not within the first 14 races. You can go and count. That is, that is quite interesting. We'll see. I guess you have to wait till the 2025 schedule to see how it all works out. Let's let's start with, I guess, the, I, I don't want to say original media partners, but the, kind of the base media partners. How important was it, you think, to keep both Fox and NBC? You know, it, it seems like they want, you know, both, both entities are trying to invest heavily into the Cup Series, but keeping both of those, you know, as kind of your building blocks and then, you know, really using the summer months, you know, as the, you know, test, 
I, I want to say the test spot, but it, it kind of feels like a, a place where they can test a lot of different things in the summer months because they'll be on streaming. Well, I absolutely think keeping NBC was the big win, right? Because everybody seems to be happier if you pull across the spectrum from the garage area to the fans to insiders within the industry. Everybody seems to be happier with NBC's coverage versus Fox right now. I think both networks do a really good job. I think that Fox is going through some transitions, and I think that next year will be very interesting with Harvick in the booth. I think Harvick's going to liven things up over there, bring a lot of fresh ideas to the table, and I think that their coverage is going to get markedly better. But if you look at NBC, they were the one that was – the most vulnerable of the two networks because they need to pony up money for the NBA. And the the insider buzz is that they're going to make a really big bid for the NBA, Trey. And it, it, it's just really hard at this point to bring money to the table for all these different sports because live sports is expensive. It's one of the few things that's not going down in ratings quite as fast as, say, you know, your sitcom on a linear network because it's one of the few things that people don't like DVRing. They want to watch it live. And that brings a lot of added value to the table. So I, I think for NBC, to get them for just the 14 races is a big win because if they didn't come to the table for the last 14 races, there was a lot of concern as to where that was going to go. I don't know if putting all the playoffs on streaming is the right way to go yet. And, you know, CBS had the NFL in the fall. So if CBS was going to do the deal, it wasn't going to be during that time period unless they moved the playoff days or something like that. And ESPN didn't really seem to show an interest. So I think of the two linear networks, it was a really big coup for them to get NBC for the final 14 races because everybody seems happy with their coverage. And we weren't sure that there was going to be money there for them to to make it make sense. Looking at... uh this this deal going back to Turner obviously it appears it's going to be both on Max and on TNT and this was not this is something that's not new for NASCAR they had the summer series on TNT uh, I saw a lot of nostalgia with that going back to a partner like Turner um how, how what are your thoughts thoughts on on you know Turner and and Max and you know obviously this goes with promoting on places like House of Highlights and Bleacher Report on social media channels like, what, what do you feel about the Turner part of this deal? Yeah, the first thing that I think about, Trey, is this isn't just Turner, right? This is technically Warner Brothers Discovery Max, and they're simulcasting on, on Turner almost like a backup, right? Because they want to keep growing the streaming platform. This is going to be huge for Max. And who? what other networks are part of the Warner Brothers Discovery series of networks? You've got a news network and CNN. You've got all these other channels, Discovery Channel, obviously, that are within the platform that NASCAR could leverage to do some additional programming during the summer months. What is what made Formula One explode in popularity in the U.S.? It was Drive to Survive on Netflix, right? That's what started the ball rolling down the hill, and then people watched the racing and got really engaged, and things went from there. I think NASCAR is looking at that and looking at the strategic partnership, even though it's only five races apiece for both Amazon and Warner Brothers Discovery. It's the Warner Brothers part in particular where you can utilize those other networks, perhaps do documentaries, do interviews, do other types of programming, cross-promotion that can get people interested in the sport in different ways. And I'm very curious as to how they might leverage that uh, to you know help out in the new deal. All right, let's go to the kind of maybe the eye-popping part of this deal. It's going to be five races on Amazon Prime. Obviously, 
Amazon in bed with the NFL, Thursday Night Football. I mentioned that a little bit ago, but was that kind of the part that shocked you the most? Because that was, for me, that was the part that shocked me most. I was not, uh, I was not expecting. I heard reports of a streamer, but the fact that they they got Amazon and Amazon Prime, it, that has to be a you know a really big coup for NASCAR. Oh, really? I honestly was not that surprised, Trey, because we already have seen the NFL move to Amazon Prime, and they are pursuing other high-level sports, and the infrastructure is already in place, and by 2025, you're only going to see that infrastructure grow. I think what gave Amazon a leg up is what's been going on the last couple months with Thursday Night Football. For anybody that's not a huge NFL fan, first year of Thursday Night Football on Amazon, ratings-wise, was not a disaster, but nowhere close to expectations internally in the industry. They didn't quite have the popularity that people thought that Thursday Night Football might have on streaming. Well, the difference between year one and year two has been phenomenal. Like, Amazon is setting records for Thursday Night Football viewership on streaming. And people are tuning in on Prime Video and finding where it is. And more importantly, it's the 18 to 34 crowd, Trey, that is finding Prime Video and loving it and going, I don't have cable I haven't been watching the NFL elsewhere, but I can get at least Thursday night football on Prime Video without having to use Rabbit Ears or Sunday Ticket or like any other way to get or Red Zone or any other way to get it. So I think for NASCAR, they're looking at that and going, well, if Amazon could be the wave of the future, look what they've done with the NFL in just two years. Look what they could do for us in five races. And it's the type of content that you can go back and watch after the fact and potentially build up viewership uh, over the course of a summer set that typically hasn't done that well. I mean, when are the ratings the worst? The ratings are the worst in that whole June, July, August period of time when you have people doing other things. You have competition from SRX even a little bit, even though it's on a different day now. So, like, I, I, and you have IndyCar and Formula One, and, you know, people have all these summer vacations and summer plans. So I think it's a really great move for them to try and switch things up, and we'll have to see how it goes in 2025. I think it could be a really, really good move. Let's let's talk about like. Do you expect Amazon Turner to have their own kind of kind of cruise for things, or do you expect kind of, you know, maybe Fox does the Amazon and NBC does Turner? Like, are, but are you expecting like there could be four different kind of crews for in terms of you know in the booth for this for the, the you know the twenty twenty five season? So I think there'll be a mix, right? I think that there will be some new people obviously sprinkled within Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon, and I think that's a really good thing for the sport. I think getting fresh approaches on how to cover the sport is a good thing, and keep in mind we also have the CW doing the Xfinity series now, so you're going to have different networks attacking the industry in different ways. Now, I'm not sure how good that's going to be with the Xfinity series being completely disconnected. We'll have to wait and see, but to give an example of how Turner handled things under the last contract, Barry Landis, who was the Fox producer at the time, time for NASCAR ended up going over and producing the Turner shows. And so there was some cross, you know, basically some crossover between networks, but not completely. You know, the director for Turner was obviously different. So I think that we will see some sprinkling of veterans within the industry, and also it provides an opportunity for new people to come in and to tackle the sport in different ways. And I think for Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon, one of the big things 
outside of the sport is how much additional programming they're going to do surrounding it. Again, I really think that that's an important side part of this deal that nobody's discussing yet, because if you have something for five races, are you just going to treat it as something that's like a drop in the bucket based on the other programming that you're doing, or are you going to build auxiliary programming around it, whether it's reality shows, documentaries, other types of things that can draw people in throughout the year, and then they get excited about the five races that are going to be on Max. They're going to get excited about the five races that are going to be on Amazon. That, to me, is the key of the deal, and you're not going to be able to do that with the same people that are doing Fox and NBC. You're going to need some new people sprinkled in. So I think it's an opportunity to reset on the television side behind the scenes a little bit and get those new personnel in. And I also think that we're nearing the end of Mike Joy's career on Fox, you know, I don't know if he's going to, to be part of the next deal or not, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see play-by-play options that, that could pop up even there as well. So uh, a lot of change coming, and it's very exciting. At NASCAR Bowls on Twitter, Tom Bowles, the head honcho for frontstretch.com. Uh, did, you know, a lot to break down. I think you did a really good job of uh, kind of deciphering everything that goes with it. Obviously, it's off-season time, but uh, for for front stretch listeners or fast lane listeners and front stretch listeners, let's hope people who listen to front front stretch podcast are also listening to this. Uh, wh- what content's coming to frontstretch.com in the near future? Well, if you do want to see how Michael Massey and Brian Nolan "quote unquote" cover the banquet, uh, then you can head on over to our YouTube channel. Videos are up right now. You know, Denny Hamlin was pretty open about some of the issues going on with his shoulder, as you may or may not know. Recent off-season surgery. You know, so there's certainly a lot to digest there. And we're going to have a really nice piece coming in December. A nice follow-up to an article Mike Massey wrote about justice for Bobby Allison and the quest for the 85th win to be actually counting in the record books uh, within NASCAR history. Uh, Mike Massey and Brian Nolan and a couple other people, you know, have been in contact with the Allison family and looking forward to a really nice follow-up story in December on that. So keep your eyes peeled. How about that? December, one day away. It's tomorrow. But thanks so much, Tom, for hopping on for a few moments and uh, breaking down this TV deal. Well, thanks for having me on. Maybe I can keep you on Front Stretch. I'll think about it. Sounds like a plan. We'll tune into Front Stretch content in 2024 for that. Uh, When we come back here on the Fast Lane, big game in women's college hoops. LSU versus Virginia Tech in a top 10 matchup and a rematch, of course, of the Final Four. We'll have the play-by-play voice for the Lady Hokies, Evan Hughes, the man, the myth, the legend. We'll uh, we'll talk to him about that next. Plus, we'll, of course, give him a wellness check on his Jets and Aaron Rodgers and see if he thinks he'll come back. You're listening to Fastlane on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 